you what I've just told you because I want to hammer home this point. In times of war and in times of peace, Masons pervert justice in pursuit of their own goals. And for the protection offered against penalties warranted by personal acts. Masonic allegiance is to their brotherhood and their brotherhood alone. So you want answers why the lady known as the salsa dancer who allowed her child to be dehydrated and she only got three years. Well, you've just heard the reason why. If you're wondering why Homolka is getting out of prison soon, you know why. All of the injustices that you scream out for saying it's just not just, it's not fair, how can this be? It's our justice system. No, I just told you what the answer was. Their goals are self-serving. Their goals are for profit. Their goals are for control of the world through deception or any means available that serves their purposes. And the court cases and the sentences that I've just named off to you are really serving their purpose because it causes chaos and chaos effects change. What change? Their change. Due to a committed atrocity and the result of the Masonic activities, media and religious leaders led anti-Masonic movements in the 1830s. They got sick of it in the 1830s. They actually had politicians that were brave enough to stand up to them. They actually had politicians that weren't Masons in those days. And before this, Masons were at least 200,000 strong. In 1964, there were over 4 million influential members in the society with a high percentage that are considered wealthy or in control of wealth. I don't want wealthy people in government positions anymore. I want people in power who are a good role model for our children. Am I right or wrong? I don't want people who go, well, let's blame it on the judicial system. That's the law. That's just the way it goes. Sorry. We have to deal with what we're left. No, you don't. You're only doing it because you're told to. And you're not man enough or woman enough to stand up and face it. And by the way, this four million strong membership in this society does not include related organizations. 
today's membership is way higher. I would suspect that you would be hard-pressed to find someone who has not been infiltrated by some way or means with the Freemasons that are in a position of power today. No more than a leopard can change its spots or a tiger get rid of its stripes while Freemasonry change its goal of achieving world domination. And this remains true regardless of the presentations it makes or all the charitable works it tells you it's doing. In the 1850s, Masonry restored its public English image by establishing charities. And some say that a high percentage of donated funds are used for their own entertainment even. The tax revenue agencies always ignore or investigate them. There's something else you might not be aware of. And that is that most Masonic lodges are tax-exempt. There's absolutely no doubt many government offices have been filled by these guys who then have control of the actual distribution of tax receipts, both reported and unreported, and that shouldn't be hard to accept simply because of the large numbers of the Masons in the positions of public office. It's a spaceman. Tell me like it is on 640 Toronto. Spaceman on 640 Toronto. This is a view from space. Welcome. On a little bit early tonight, you've already missed about 15 minutes of the show. I can recap for you very quickly. There were four military targets in Japan that were chosen as targets to drop the first of two atomic bombs. And those are the only times ever in the history of mankind that the most devastating weapon of them all has been used. Kyoto was taken off of the list because of its religious and historical significance to Japan. I will tell you about that a little deeper into A View from Space on 640 Toronto on what religious and historical significance Kyoto has to Japan. And yes, it is the very same Kyoto as the Kyoto Accords. The city that replaced Kyoto as a target for the second of two, two bombs that were dropped at the end of the Second World War was Nagasaki, a Christian city with at least a population of over three million. Now, the largest of the two bombs dropped on Japan hit Nagasaki. It was chosen with the approval of Harry S. Truman, a past Grand Master of Masonry, and also by Harry Stimson, the Secretary of War at the time, also a Mason. And I was reiterating about the times that were in war and the times that were at peace. Masons perverting justice in pursuit of their own goals 
molding and pushing and pressing to get that age-old goal that they've had in the back of their collective minds, in their psyche, a one-world government. Every single thing that they do is self-serving for profit and for the ultimate control of the world. Using any deceptive means available, Their goal is not charity. The reason why they get into charities is to restore their image. And in this way, they can continue their quest for global domination during peace. Through war or civil disturbance, they have a different plan but it also advances their purpose. So they're working during peacetime and during war, or during a civil disturbance. See, wars not only provide profit for armaments and manufacturers and musician, munitions, but it also disrupts the politics of governments and makes control a little more easily obtainable. Wars and other conflicts can also provide a boost to a troubled economy. I believe we're going through that now. To achieve their goals, they would have little concern for the disruption of your life, your family's life. Or the suffering and the deaths of millions. Their own membership has very little concern because they would be protected from the draft if a war was manifest or given safe assignments away from the front line of fighting. At least those in the higher ranks of Freemasonry. They look after the Brotherhood. Do you think it was just a coincidence that Americans became involved in so many wars under the jurisdiction of Freemasonry? Look at the Revolutionary War, provoked by that famous Boston Tea Party. It was the activity of Freemasons. Benjamin Franklin, Paul Revere, George Washington, John Hancock... And some of the signers of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution were Masons. It's been authentically reported that all but two of the generals of the Revolutionary War were, in fact, Freemasons. The Civil War, Abraham Lincoln and Ulysses S. Grant were Masons in waiting. Did not yet take the oath. World War II, FDR, Harry S. Truman, both Masons. And it's known now and believed by many that Roosevelt knew of that impending attack on Pearl Harbor, but did nothing to notify the military in Hawaii. 
he sacrificed some of the Navy to get America into the Second World War. Many believe that now. I've mentioned it many times and done whole shows on the Pearl Harbor conspiracy on 640 Toronto, on a view from space. The Korean War. Statement dated June 27, 1950, by President Harry S. Truman, a Mason, announced his order to send United States Air and Naval Forces to help defend South Korea and explained the rationale for his decision. So war broke out along the 38th parallel on June 25, 1950. Check the numbers here. It breaks out on the 38th parallel. Eight and three are eleven in aid of the Antichrist. Oh yes, the Korean War did move them closer to a one-world government because it split Korea into two parts. Very soon now, North Korea will come into play again, playing the nuclear card. And the date it broke out, June 25, 1950. 55, the number of deaths, June, the sixth month. 25, 2 and 5, 13. The number of rebellion and depravity. And the entry of the United States into that war signaled a whole reversal of policy toward Korea. If you do the research, you'll find out that the American government backed the Syngman Rhee government. And the United States was withdrawing its troops from South Korea in 1948. And as late as January of 1950, Dean Acheson, then Secretary of State, implied that the Korean Peninsula was outside the all-important defense perimeter of the United States. A statement that some took to mean that the United States would not defend the Republic of Korea from communist attack. And then when they all but had everything beat and General MacArthur was ready to go in and take North Korea, he was stopped. Insisted he go on, he was fired. And the demarcation line was drawn, separating South and North Korea, because they would need it later. And later is coming soon. Next war, Vietnam War. The continuing political problems in Saigon convinced the new president, after they shot JFK, a Mason job. Lyndon Baines Johnson, a Freemason, replaces him. He figured more aggressive action was needed. Maybe Johnson was more prone to military intervention, or maybe events in Vietnam forced the president's hand to have a more direct action in any event 
It's history now what happened. After suspected communist attacks on two U.S. ships in the Gulf of Tonkin, the Johnson administration argued for expansive war powers for the president. That's right. Another Pearl Harbor type trick, fakery, conspiracy in the Gulf of Tonkin. A faked attack on American ships authorized the president to act in defense and gave Lyndon Johnson broad war powers. Sound familiar? Well, it should, because they're using this trick in Iraq. It's a view from space. I'm a spaceman. This is 640 Toronto. Drashing the spaceman is easy. Talking can be the tough part. Call 416-870-6400 or hit star 640 on your cell. To remain anonymous, please ask that your voice be altered. This is a view from space on 640 Toronto. I'm space. This is... 640 Toronto, I'm here from space tonight. I'm talking about Masonic dealings. How the Freemasons have... Well, you ever heard of the statement, there's a silver lining in every cloud? Every cloud is a silver lining. You've heard it. And I bet you think that that means that there's always something good even in the bad things. But that's not what it means at all. You've been hoodwinked. Another Masonic saying. That means you've had the wool pulled over your eyes. The first Freemasons, the first actual Knights of the Templar, the first crafters made idols out of silver and gold. They were the silversmiths, the goldsmiths. They were the very first. And what that statement, in every cloud there's a silver lining, it means that there's a silversmith behind every trouble, behind every problem. So there's a mason behind every problem. Hence, every cloud has a silver lining. Now you're starting to see. And then this cloud called the Gulf of Tonkin was the silver, the Freemasons, the crafters, the incident itself was faked. But Congress promptly issued its usual knee-jerk resolution. You've seen it before. Authorizing the president to act in defense. And, of course, they gave Linda Johnson broad war powers. Exactly what they wanted. And then the authorized actions were then incrementally escalated into a full-scale, full-blown war with Congress having no further Congress, of course, representing the people. So the people had no further influence. 
and the eventual scope of the war was completely beyond anything authorized by the original Congressional Resolution. But once America is on a warpath, as she is today, its war culture ethic does not include room for dissent or reconsideration. Because that would be betraying the boys at the front, wouldn't it? That would be unpatriotic, wouldn't it? That would mean the boys were dying for nothing, and women were dying for nothing, wouldn't it? Sound familiar? It should. It's happening again. Persian Gulf War, 1991. That's Gulf War One. November 20th, 1990. Democrats file a suit in Washington to have President George W., a Freemason, first seek congressional approval of military operations. This was George W.'s father, I'm sorry, George Herbert Walker. It was eventually thrown out. January 16, 1991, a little over a year later, the first United States Statement of Operation Desert Storm was made. With a foundation laid by President Bill Clinton, the United States was notified five years in advance by the Philippine government that it had these events to unfold and were completed under George W., George Herbert Walker's son, both members of the Skull and Bone Society. And they did it again with George W. in Gulf War II. This time, let's just call it the infamous weapons of mass destruction caper. Same old M.O., another false pretense, another fake job to get a toehold. How often are we going to sit and watch it happen? Well, I guess until it affects each and every one of us. And they call a war. Remember, There will be three world wars, which will give birth to the Antichrist. We've had two. I believe the first shot was September 11th, 2001. It's going on now. And remember when Bush had his... Address to the nation, the State of the Union address, September 20th, 2001. Who sat right beside his wife, Laura? Why, it was Tony Blair, Prime Minister of Great Britain, President, Bush's chair, is where he was sitting. Because, you see, he's a member of a kindred organization, the Cecil Rhodes Scholars of Oxford University in England. So, we now have the beginnings of the first war of the 21st century. A new type of war, too, of infiltration and terrorism. A type of guerrilla warfare where you don't know who the enemy is. It's just called Al-Qaeda. 
but they're Muslim. Only. Because this is not a, a war on terrorism with Red Brigade terrorists, IRA terrorists. No, this is just a war on Muslim terrorists. That's who they're demonizing. Because that's who they're after next. See, the three monotheistic religions must go. One of which the Pope represents Christianity. Also, Islam. And the third and final, Orthodox Judaism. The three standing in the way of the Antichrist's rising. So, as I told you at the beginning of the show on 640 Toronto, on a view from space tonight, Nagasaki, a Christian city in Japan, was picked for the biggest nuclear device they had made. They made three. One to test, two to drop. The war is on. George W. says that this war is opposed to the murderous ideologies in the world and refers to fascism, Nazism, and totalitarianism. But communism, the most murderous of all these ideologies, is not mentioned. And some people might consider this an omission on the part of uh, George W. in his speech on September 20th, 2001. But it it leaves open the Masonic ideal of a one-world union of governments not under the influence of Christian principles. Coming back with more on A View From Space at Space on 640 Toronto. mystery religions, numerology, and the Holy Grail decoded. And he goes deeper than a black hole into today's headlines. This is A View from Space with the Spaceman. Your city, your station, 640 Toronto. I'm the guy to call Space at 640 Toronto. My telephone lines are... Well, are loaded right now. 416-870-6400 or star 640 and... I have so much to say tonight. <laughs> Sometimes I, I tend to, as I'm only on once a week. Sometimes I, I, I ignore the telephone, and I, I should not. There are, are some excellent stories on it, and, and here's one of them. Hi, Marie. You're on with the spaceman at 640 Toronto. Go ahead, please. Yes, go ahead, Marie. Hey, it's, it's about uh, neo-Nazi up the street that from where I live. Uh, it was uh, five minutes away, and. In the area where I was walking when it took place, but I wasn't aware. This is the Droga shooting? Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Also, the fact that the air is tense because of uh, conversation around Muslim. And I, and I don't feel comfortable that um, it's such a focus, but when it is, it gets worse. I noticed that most of all, uh, September 11th, my mother was in hospital, and she had nothing wrong, but then blood transfusion took place. Um, different things that 
went on in the hospital room when family all of us stayed. She um, ended up being what later I saw as SARS and all the symptoms and, and died October 4th. I know that family, I hope, don't hear me having this conversation. But it seems to be that it, it, it's like a cloud that, that follows. You know, it, it's like with Toronto, I think our media is pulled. I don't think we get all the coverage and news. And I think we're ignorant to believe what it is that we hear on news. And it's no fault of um, the reporters. They go to the source, and the source gives them the facts as, you know, as they um, release them and as the ones they want to release to the public. And unfortunately, um, sometimes you're right. Reporters can come back with uh, misinformation or disinformation. But uh, I'll tell you right now, there's a difference between misinformation and disinformation. Disinformation is when you know the truth but tell the lie, and there's no one here at 640 Toronto that does that. But misinformation, possible, because it comes from the mouth of the newsmakers, namely the politicians, well, the authorities. And the authorities are the ones that I'm on about and on about every Saturday night here on A View From Space. Marie, and I'm awful sorry to hear about your, your mother. And uh, It just it, it evolved from that, though. I, I mean, that it seems to escalate everything else. But in that film clip that we saw, and very few people did, uh, when September 11th actually hit and we were in my family's home, it was the weirdest thing that my sister makes a statement. She says, oh, my God. She says, what if they hit the Pentagon? And you know what? It was less than a minute later they made that actual statement. And that's not a word of a lie. Mm -hmm. That's like, okay, what, did they just pick up news on the air from anywhere and just use it? Because nobody ever reported it later. It was never seen or even understood what that little bit was about. And my, my feeling was, we've got to go to the hospital and see my mother. I said, let's go. Oh, no, we've got to see this. My sister says, I feel sick. I can't go to the hospital. I said, come on, you really need to see what's happening with mom. But the thing was, that turmoil was all taking place. Right. And it was such a farce to me. Mm-hmm. I knew it was a farce. My family was still believing that it, it, it's normal, and it's not. That it was real. Yeah, it mm -hmm. wasn't at all. Well, it was real, but um, the, the, the facts that they were uh, disseminating were unreal. Yeah. It's, it's and you understand the attack on the Pentagon now, do you? Uh, well, it's very simple. Uh, Freemasonry is very into symbology, all right? And the symbol of America's business was the World Trade Center's towers. Right? And the American uh, Center for Military is the Pentagon. So the military center was hit, and the monetary center was hit to bring down America. It was symbolically what will happen in the very near future. So you understand where they're coming from now. I'm, I'm that was not an airplane, by the way, that, that uh, crashed into the Pentagon. It was a missile that was shot into I it. I believe so. All right. Uh, and, and I said that a few days after it happened. Then, I did not wait three years to put a website up with pictures. Mm -hmm. I knew that and had broadcast that on 640 Toronto just days after the actual Pentagon and World Trade Center hits. Don't you think it's, it's strange to also the Space Columbia entering back in to you see those jets that came in with it, and then it just the film broke somewhere. You could see the fake. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, oh, for sure, yeah. But it's strong that they make such a big issue, but Muslim, I'm in the territory of living with it right now. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like it's in, in, imposed there. It's, it's a tough place, and my mother making a statement is just like, how horrifying, how dare she say that, but it was true. In her opinion, as she saw in her own eyes, and for many years would never make a comment toward anything, but an innocent thing that was said. And as I saw it take place, I, I thought, people, they were unaware, but the hospital is what scared me in the situation of where it was at that time. And, and my family agreed, we're going to stay through this until we get mom home, and she never came home. And whatever that was about on the underlying message of family and, and ridicule of it, um, family names mean something. And I guess somewhat uh, I felt threatened in that. I can't go into it, but I, I did. I felt threatened, and family aren't seeing life the way I do. I'm separate from what they see, and maybe that's why I'm, I listen more than they maybe do to your show. Thanks for the call, Marie. Thank you. Michael, you're on with the Spaceman, 640 Toronto. Hi. Hey, Gary, how you doing? Good. Good, it's been a while. Um, went in to see my lawyer again uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, he is a, a Freemason, and uh, I noticed on his, um, uh, he is, I'm not sure if he's a grandmaster, but he's up there, and I noticed on one of his um, big diploma uh, thing that they hand out. There's a third pillar in the picture, and the number 328454 is on that pillar, which is, those numbers are 13, if you add those six all together. Mm-hmm. And uh, the person who granted him the, um, that diploma for Freemasonry is Eric William Natsakevel, N-A-N-C-E-K-I-V-E-L-L. This gentleman has a BA and an MD. I don't know what he is background, but he's up there if he's issuing these um, these grants. Um, so I found it very interesting that um, all the stuff that he has in his office. So as I'm speaking to him, I can I can you know. And he's up front with it. Uh, most of them hide it. Oh no no, he has all the stuff there. He's got this big picture of himself with the uh, apron mm-hmm. uh, around his waist. It's a funny looking outfit that he has on in the picture. Mm-hmm. But I found that interesting. That That's very ancient. Yes. And it's very interesting that uh, the third pillar had the number 328454 in there. Mm-hmm. What do you think that is? The uh, other two are uh, Boaz and uh, Jacobum. And they uh, are uh, a huge part of uh, the ancient mystery Egyptian religion that dates back to ancient Sumeria. Right. Okay. And why is it on the third pillar, the number? That they could only answer. Okay. It's just really weird. And I wonder what would ever happen if you um, if you brought it to his attention the next time he visited. I briefly brought it to his attention the previous time, and uh, he said he's the one who, who taught or teaches all the new Freemasons in Ontario. And he, um, he mentioned... Um, he said, I, I taught 13, and he said, I remember when he said the number 13, because I was, I was smiling. He said, I taught 13 classes, and he mentioned it within five minutes. He mentioned it three times, and he made sure that he mentioned the number 13 three times. It was so funny. Mm-hmm. And um, that was shortly after, I believe, the Pope's death that I visited him. And uh, he um, he also mentioned, it would be interesting, he says, if the Pope will see 
if, if he will see God or if he won't see God, if there is a God. So. Wow, because I have something to say about uh, the uh, um, the ex-pope now, the former pope, Pope John Paul II, on whether uh, he should actually uh, have been excommunicated. Right, yeah. That's coming up on A View from Space. It's 640 Toronto. One line is open at 416 Your cell phone's handy. It's star 640. Night. Six. You're listening to A View from Space with the Spaceman, exercising the right to free speech while he still can. Your city, your station, 640 Toronto. Spaceman, back on A View from Space, it's 640 Toronto. During the 19th century, Freemasons were preached against by Protestant ministers. You realize this? Because of their evil deeds and their goals? And the Catholic Church condemned Freemasonry. And a lot of Masonic lodges actually had to close in the 19th century. And they had to rebuild their public image. And they chose to do it by fundraising for charitable works. It's always the way to disguise it. The secret brotherhood of Freemasons, the Masonic worldview. All men are created equal, is what they say, with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These are fine ideals, right? When they're placed into proper perspective. The problem is that Masons and associates believe that they are entitled to preferential share of these rights. The elite rich, you understand, feel that they've been given their inheritance and kept in place because they are worthy of it. Because they have a right to make our decisions for us. They feel as gods. Here's some concepts that are commonly found in Masonic writings. You can pick them out. The key words of Freemasonry are liberty, fraternity, and equality. Where you find those three words, you're generally, almost always, going to find their handiwork. And that word liberty is thrown around pretty, pretty often. And it's an interesting word because it's actually a nautical word. Liberty actually means, well, like when a, a sailor gets liberty. He leaves the ship. He's off ship for a while. He's, he's on shore leave. But then he has to come back under the power of the captain of the ship again, doesn't he? So liberty is not freedom. Liberty is just being let loose for a little while to do whatever you want and then having to come back under the yoke again of the captain of the ship. 
So understand that word liberty when they say liberty. Well, you get a little freedom on your downtime, but it's not real freedom. It's liberty. The Statue of Liberty. You're going to have a little downtime, but then you've got to come back under the yoke as soon as it's finished. And fraternity, a brotherhood that only serves the advancement of its own membership and the pursuit of its own goals. That's fraternity. The frat house. The fraternity of ball players whose son, 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 son is in the game. Or whose son's, son's, son's is in the hockey business. Or in the business, because he was from that particular fraternity in college. And that final one, equality. First, among its own membership, and then concerning others, so long as it's not going to interfere with Masonic activities, it is only at the highest levels of Masonry that membership is privy to the entirety of its goals. The foot soldiers underneath, in the first three degrees of Masonry, are told lies. Literature containing these concepts, these words of liberty, fraternity, equality, are all Masonic origin. And remember, Masonic rules state that one member may not have sexual relations with another member's wife. This limitation is not in accordance at all with the sound principles of moral religions that are opposed to adultery, period. In other words, that Masonic rule where one member cannot have sexual relations with another member's wife, but he can have sexual relations with someone who is not a member of the fraternity. So you see where the hoodwinking happens? Now, Pope Leo XIII talked about Freemasonry. 1884, April 20th. He talked about it. He mentioned Freemasonry. Having to do with the Catholic Church. And amongst the many benefits to be expected from it will be the great benefit of drawing the mind of men to liberty, fraternity, and equality of right. Not such as the freeman, Freemasons absurdly imagine, but such as Jesus Christ obtained for the human race and St. Francis aspired to, is what he said. At a French airport, 1980, the now deceased John Paul II said, We know the place that the ideas of liberty, equality, and fraternity hold in your culture and in your history. Basically, these are Christian ideas. 
When he was in Turkey, the late John Paul II said, the faith in God that was professed by the spiritual descendants of Abraham, Christians, Muslims, and Jews, is an assured foundation for the dignity, fraternity, and liberty of men. Remember, wherever you hear fraternity, liberty, equality, you're almost always going to find Freemasonry's handiwork. Pope John Paul II, general audience, September 15, 1982, said, Jerusalem must become the city of man in which the believers of the great three monotheistic religions, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, live in full liberty and equality, as do the believers of the other religious communities, and the recognized guarantee that this city is the sacred patrimony of all, and is destined for the adoration of the one God of meditation, and the work of fraternity. Do you get my meaning? Are you seeing through the haze? A one world religion. This last pope was the first one, the first to ever walk into a synagogue, was the first to ever walk into a mosque. Does that say one world religion to you? Or they're working on it? I can't wait to see who the next Pope is going to be. Symbols of Masonry. I want to get into that in a moment. What is that compass? That square? And the G in the middle? Mean. Many people have got their own ideas. Many people have seen it and go, what the hell is that? And some people know the real story, the real connection, what the G really stands for, what the plan really is. I'll reveal what the G stands for in a moment. It's the Spaceman on 640 Toronto. This is a view from space. Space Cowboy Yeah Some call me the gangster of love History busts Monarchists masticate Truth seekers cheer He's the spaceman With a view from space Your city, your station 640 Toronto I'm space, it's 640 Toronto This is the view from space You can email me at Spaceman at 640toronto.com Or just simply space at 640toronto.com Welcome if you're listening on your uh, radio on 640 Toronto or if you're at your PC or your Mac at home 
listening to me online at 640toronto.com. Or if you're listening to me on Star Choice, Freemasonry has symbols, and the three great symbols of Freemasonry are the Bible, yeah, the compass, and the square. The compass and the square are tools used in layout and construction. You knew that. The G in Masonic symbolism. to a lot of people, probably indicates association with either a grand Masonic Lodge or to their multi-faced god who they refer to as the grand architect of the universe. But I don't believe it. Some people say that G stands for geometry. Not for, I've had Freemasons when I've been doing these shows. And tell me that G stands for geometry. And for a moment, you know, it seems quite plausible, as geometry is a science of planning, design, and layout. Geometry could easily be seen as part of their worship, because they're meticulous in making plans that will meet their goals, even way in the distant future. But as a materialistic, humanistic organization, they have no real concern about resurrection, about a life after death. While Masonic lodges have traditionally used the Bible as their centerpiece on their altars, the Judean Christian God is no longer given primacy of belief. Uh Uh-uh. So, it's no longer given its centrality of recognition and its symbolism is overridden by the G standing for planning, accomplishment, and goals. The symbol G actually represents the generative principle. The sun god, Tammuz, more specifically, the phallus. The male generative principle, the penis. The symbol for the the phallus or the penis is the obelisk. The obelisk that you've been seeing over and over and over again the past few weeks is in the front yard of none other than the Vatican. And also, of course, the second most famous, the one you see all the time also on the newscasts, is the one in the mall in Washington, just outside the Oval Office's White House's window, that large obelisk. But the obelisk that's been getting the most attention at the Vatican is Egyptian. It stands in the square of St. John Lateran, and it's the largest in existence. Originally carved during the reign of Pharaoh that Moses III, it stood at the Temple of Amon in Thebes, Karnak, but was removed to Rome by Emperor Constantine, the first Roman Empire emperor who actually legalized Christianity. He used it. He was not a Christian. He used Christianity 
to fight his battles. And he placed it in the Circus Maximus. In 1587, Pope Sixtus V uncovered the buried, the fallen, broken, and long-forgotten obelisk and had it repaired and placed it in the Piazza S. Giovanni in Laterano. Interestingly enough, it's possible that Moses saw this very obelisk when he was in Egypt. Now, this obelisk meant to honor the sun god, Tammuz. It stands beside what the Catholics call the Supreme Mother of all churches, the official cathedral of the Bishop of Rome. The Pope, which brings to mind Revelation 17.5, and the apostate Mother Church, Mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots, who stands accused of fornication and mixing the sacred with the profane truth with error masonry is a non-denominational universalistic religion it accepts as members anybody who does not totally reject the existence of some sort of god any sort, Satan worship included. Christians, Muslims, Buddhists, pagans, Satanists are all equally acceptable. Masonry is thought of to be divine in origin and taught to men divinely inspired. To become a mason, an initiate, is ritually slain and then resurrected. This is what George W. talks about when he's born again. And he's fooling all of the Christians that voted him into, or supposedly voted him into office for the second time. He was resurrected out of the box at Yale, the skull and bones. That's what he means by born again. Masons mock the death and resurrection of Christ. Yeah, mock it. In effect, they actually symbolically take the place of Jesus and become gods in their own right. And they distance themselves from their reputation as a secret cabal. Persons secretly united to bring about an overturn or take control, especially in public affairs. Symbols are Mason's working tools. Each tool indicates a path to enlightenment. And they always need to recruit soldiers and they use those symbols the well-known Masonic symbols and they deceive the initiate by making them sound so high and mighty and the symbols are so wonderful 
Freemasonry is a secret of brotherhood that uses social clubs like the Kiwanis International, Rotary International, and others as feeder organizations or recruitment centers to enlist new members. And also to referrals by their own members. At the top end of the security, or uh, the secret of spectrum, are three interrelated organizations that really capitalize on their low-key relationship with worldwide, really, or worldwide uh, masonry. And the founding group in Germany, in Bavaria in Germany, the Illuminati, University of Ingolstadt, the American group is the Skull and Bone Society, Yale University, and Harvard. George Herbert Walker Bush, Bill Clinton. They've been hanging around lately together, right? And George W., all members. And the English group, Cecil Rhodes Scholars, Oxford University. Prime Minister of England, I mentioned already, Tony Blair. On 640 Toronto, I want to be from space. He's a member of that group. They're all interrelated. And the very top is British royalty. Or actually German royalty. Their actual name is Saxe-Coburg-Gotha. Not Windsor at all. So you see, it's not really surprising that you see Clinton and Bush and even Tony Blair chumming around together. There's more than 8,400 Kiwanis clubs with over 600,000 members in more than 70 nations. It was founded in 1915. It's headquartered in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's a service organization. Yeah, they committed themselves to a worthy goal, eliminating the devastating effects of all kinds of diseases. We're doing good. On top. That's the overview. More on the Rotary International and more on 640 Toronto. One of you from space coming up. I'm space at 640 Toronto. This is a view from space. I'm talking about the uh, secretive brotherhood of the Freemasons using social clubs like the Kiwanis International, Rotary International, as feeder organizations, recruitment centers. The Rotary International is an organization of business and professional leaders united worldwide with a stated purpose of providing humanitarian service, encouraging high ethics, ethical standards in all vocations, and helping to build goodwill and peace in the world. Sounds great, huh? More than 160 countries worldwide, approximately 100 and, oh, oh, well, millions of Rotarians belong to more than 30,000 Rotary Clubs. They meet weekly, non-political, non-religious, open to all cultures, races, creeds. Sounds great, huh? Throughout its history, Rotary International has collaborated with uh, a lot of civic and humanitarian organizations. 
as well as the government agencies for different nations and its stated efforts to improve the human condition. They have a, a polio plus program launched in 85 in concert with the World Health Organization, the United States Centers for Disease Control, UNICEF, they work with them. They have a special relationship with the United Nations, Rotary International does, for more than half a century. It can trace its roots to a Rotary conference, the UNESCO organization for the United Nations can. It was held in London in 1943, the first international culture and educational exchange. UNESCO, by the way, is the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. In 1946, the same year, UNESCO came into existence. Rotary International was granted non-governmental organization consultative uh, status with the UN. And today, a lot of projects are put in place with the UN and Rotary International collaborating. Rotary representatives are appointed by the uh, Rotary International president to increase awareness and recognition of Rotary programs, policies, activities around the world. Right now, Rotary International representatives are appointed to the United Nations in New York, Geneva, and Vienna, appointed to UNESCO. Representatives from Rotary International are appointed to the Council of Europe, the Organization of African Unity, United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization, and the World Food Program, the World Bank. Paul Wolfowitz just got the gig. I wonder if he's a Rotary International Rotarian. And the representatives take the big roles and events, too, that are related to Rotary activities or program emphases, like Expo 2000 in Hanover, Germany. The Second World Water Forum in The Hague, Netherlands. These guys are way out there. The WHO Executive Board Meeting, Geneva, Switzerland. The home of the Illuminati, Switzerland. And so many other United Nations organizations. So you see how it all fits in. And Rotary International actually had a huge growth spurt in the early 90s when it expanded into the former Soviet Union. When the Soviet bloc countries uh, had their fake collapse and the symbolic fall of the Berlin Wall. Beginning in 1989, clubs in Central and Eastern Europe 
were disbanded for more than 50 years, half a century. They were reestablished. And the first Russian Rotary Club was chartered in 1990. They're back. Contemporary Freemasonry. Today's Freemasonry was established during the early part of the 18th century in England, but they have a history of dating back all the way to the building of Solomon's Temple. These are the ones that are fixed on building that temple for the third time on the original site in Jerusalem and claiming it for their own. And you know what? I thought, I felt a few people listening to A View from Space tonight on 640 Toronto when I started talking about Rotary International going, oh, come on. <laughs> You're way out there. See, disbelief is the single biggest factor working in Freemasonry's favor. Most people find it incomprehensible that there could be individuals so evil as to actually try to take control of the world on behalf of Lucifer, their god. In Freemasonry, everything's got a double meaning. So the initiate, the candidate, is practicing the occult through his degree work without even knowing it. False interpretations are given to him to prevent him from suspecting the craft to be anything less than on the square, on the level. And another factor is that it, if rarely, if ever, does anything covert happen under its own name. In order to advance its agenda, Freemasonry establishes other organizations and it gives them the special assignments. Only the 30th through the 33rd degrees of Freemasonry are privy to its Luciferian goals. And their influence is so great that their members receive preferential treatment and are placed into high governmental positions. Let me name you a few Freemasons through time. Sir Francis Bacon. Leonardo da Vinci. Was Neil Armstrong selected to be the first to step onto the moon because he was a Mason when they faked the moon landing? Here are the names of astronauts that aren't known Freemasons. Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong, Gordon Cooper, John Glenn, Virgil Grissom, Jim Irwin, Wally Shira. Four of the first five presidents of the public of Texas were Masons. Texas 
is a Freemasonry stronghold. As you can well understand, when any of the world's leaders come to America, they go to Crawford, Texas. And the judicial branch of government and all of the nations that prescribe to democracy are heavily Masonic and opposed to Christian principles. Road versus Wade coming up on 640 Toronto on a view from space. I'm space. Programming the brainwashed simply by uncovering the truth. He's the spaceman with a view from space on 640 Toronto. It's the spaceman on 640 Toronto. This is a view from space. I'm on about Freemasonry tonight. Two um, well-known Freemasons are Benjamin Franklin, Davy Crockett, Kit Carson. I'll bet you didn't know about this one. Paul Revere. And, of course, George Washington, a master at Alexandria Lodge, number 22. Lord Horatio Nelson was also a Freemason. Lord Mountbatten, of course. John Pershing, with a Pershing missile, was named after. Montcalm, James Wolfe, his adversary, both Freemasons. Henry Ford, King Gillette. That's right, of the Razor Company. Charles Hilton, that's right, father of Paris. William Ziegler. William Lever. Walter Chrysler, that's right, after the Chrysler car company. So Winston Churchill was not only a sir, but a confirmed Freemason and also a Druid. Sir Alexander Fleming was a Freemason, so was Alexander Eiffel, the man who built the Eiffel Tower. J. Edgar Hoover, former CIA head. Jesse Jackson has Michael Jackson on his uh, radio program. The only person that has Michael Jackson on his radio program. Robert Burns was a Freemason. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Mark Twain, Rudyard Kipling, Sir Walter Scott, Nat King Cole. It's incredible. It goes on and on. Ernest Borgenine, 
Wolfgang Mozart, Mel Blanc, Cecil B. DeMille's. Do you see what I'm getting at here is every single incredibly famous name and an incredible uh, offering to humanity is a Freemason. Will Rogers, Red Skelton, Audie Murphy, Harpo Marx, Harry Houdini, Clark Gable, Glenn Ford, Peter Sellers, W.C. Fields, Cecil B. DeMille, Ty Cobb, Tim Horton, Arnold Palmer, Sugar Ray Robinson, Whopper Billy Watson, Alex Haley, Maynard Jackson, the first black mayor of Atlanta. Some lesser knowns that you may not know, John Johnson, the publisher of Ebony and Jet magazines. Don King, the boxing promoter. Richard Pryor, comedian. Edward Kennedy, Duke Ellington orchestra leader, composer. Henry Blair, the first black to ever receive a U.S. patent, is a Freemason. Marion Berry, mayor of uh, Washington, D.C. Reverend Al Sharpton, the civil rights advocate. Booker T. Washington, educator and founder of the Tuskegee Institute, tied in with Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie's daughter, of course, hangs out with uh, Paris Hilton. Do TV together, movies, possibly, in the future. Burt Williams, the actor-comedian. It's absolutely incredible. The, the people that are of such high um, notoriety. Ringling Brothers, all seven brothers and their father were Freemasons. Cecil Rhodes, of course, <laughs> goes without saying the founder of the Rhodes Scholarship. Joseph Ignace Guillotine, the inventor of the guillotine, Freemason. John Hancock. That's right, the namesake of the John Hancock building in Chicago. That 100-story Class A multi-use building. Recognized around the world for its distinctive architecture. Harry Houdini, I said that. Paul Harvey, the old radio personality you may have heard of. Roe versus Wade. Now, this is the test case 
that legalized abortion on demand. Jay Blackman delivered the opinion of the court. C.J. Berger and Brendan Douglas and Marshall Stewart and J.J. Powell joined. C.J. Berger, J. Douglas and J. Stewart filed concurring opinions. And of course, they were Freemasons and legalizing abortion on demand came out of the Roe versus Wade court case. Abortion, by the way, is the Illuminati's version of population control. That's what's going on with that. So I've given you a pretty good outline, a pretty good understanding of how deeply the Freemasons have infiltrated our system, our society, our world. And now with this seat vacant in the Vatican, I'm wondering, is it time for the Freemasons to put their Pope on the seat to be the Holy See, the Holy Father of 1.2 billion Catholics in the world? It's looking like it might happen. It's looking like Freemasonry may have closed the deal. The very first meeting the Cardinals had after the funeral, April 8th, April 9th was their first meeting, and they talked about finances. And of course, I don't know what the finances, the financial situation of the Vatican is all about, but I do know this one thing. The Rothschilds once bailed out the Vatican and saved them from bankruptcy. And if you know banks, you know that once they get a hold, they never let you off the hook. So I'm wondering now if it isn't time that the banking cabal has tightened the screws on the Vatican financially and have actually, like they've done everything else, bought themselves the Vatican's top job. Is it possible? It's not even possible. It's probably likely. It's an interesting concept. What would a Freemason-controlled Pope do? It's the Spaceman on a view from space. 640 Toronto.
ancient mystery religions, numerology, and the Holy Grail decoded. And he goes deeper than a black hole into today's headlines. This is A View from Space with the Spaceman. Your city, your station, 640 Toronto. I'm Space at 640 Toronto on A View from Space. According to the almost all of the great Masonic authors, the Masonic secret cultists, taken from the ancient mysteries of ancient Samaria, India, Egypt, Persia, and Greece. These mysteries are nothing more or less than those obscene and indescribable forms of worship in which the generative process of nature, better known as sex, was the object of worship. This worship is the real pivot of the Masonic religion, and it is a religion, and at the center of Masonic ritual and symbolism, sex is. The Masonic deity called the Great Arctic, Arch Architect is very connected with the most hideous and degraded of the pre-Christian cults, and one of them is believed to betray the direct and immediate influence of Satan himself. Reverend E. Cahill in the United States wrote a book about Freemasonry and the anti-Christian movement. And in that book he explains that even the initiation rite of the first or apprentice degree of the Blue Lodge dramatically displays the birth of Masonry's pagan, anti-Christian nature. It denies the existence of a personal, supernatural God and signifies that God is a bisexual being, actually a hermaphrodite. The Mason symbols of the square and the compass represent the pagan deities of the female Isis and the male Osiris. The penis and the vagina. So from, say, 1738 A.D., to approximately the 1950s, the Catholic Church has consistently and strongly opposed Masonic institutions. Outwardly. But in recent times, it's become more evident that not only the Christian Catholic Church has been under attack, but also all God-fearing Christian religious associations have become increasingly under the influence of Freemasonry. So recently some questions were asked to Christian men in regard to comments on Freemasonry. Does the Masonic organization have specific 
specified goals for influencing or controlling various Christian churches was one question. And how does the influence of Masons corrupt Christianity was another question. And the answers were that Masonry does not directly tell its members to go out and influence or control churches. What it does do is to encourage its members to attend those churches. And the effect is a, a lot more powerful. A lot of churches now are literally controlled by Freemasonry. A lot of them, uh, Baptist churches, controlled by deacons who are Masons in, in the southern states. The majority of pastors are willing to settle for a nice, comfortable job. And rarely do they take a stand for truth at any real cost to their, their own selves, their own well-being. I'm not saying that all pastors are like this, but more than half of them are. The basic problem between Freemasonry and Christianity is that Christianity holds that Jesus is everything while Masonry teaches that he's nothing. So how can you compromise there? Freemasonry's got a plan of salvation. It's based on imitation of the Savior Hiram of Beef. And it is becoming more and more clear that all significant faiths have come under attack, not only by sodomites, but also by Freemasonry, its associated organizations, and its offshoots. And those organizations include, but are not limited to the Freemasons, Masons, the Shriners, the York Rite, Scottish Rite, Eastern Star, Amaranth, Double A, the Order of the Rainbow for Girls, Job's Daughters, and others. The race, the human race, after its miserable fall from God to Creator and the Giver of heavenly gifts through the envy of the devil, is separated into a couple of diverse opposite parts. One of them steadfastly contends for truth and virtue, and the other strives for those things which are contrary to truth and virtue. It's the old Hegelian dialectic. Pit one side against the other, create the chaos, effect the change. And one, of course, is the kingdom of God on earth here, namely the true church of Jesus Christ and those who desire from the heart to be united with it and gain salvation. And the other is the kingdom of Satan, in whose possession and control are all whosoever follow that fatal example of their leader and our first parents, Adam and Eve, and those who refuse to obey the divine and eternal law and who have many aims of their own. And they're all against God. St. Augustine discerned this quite clearly, broke it into two cities. He said, two loves form two cities, the love of self, reaching even to contempt of God and an earthly city, and the love of God, reaching to contempt of self and a heavenly one. 
at every period of time, each has been in conflict with the other one. With different weapons used in the warfare. At this period, the one we're in now, the Luciferians of evil seem to be combining together, led on or even assisted by that strongly organized and widespread association called Freemasonry. And they don't make any secret of their purposes anymore. They are now boldly rising up in plain view. Every weekend now on CNN, every single weekend now, for I think it is three running, there's been a kidnapped girl during the middle of the week, and she's find on the, found on the weekend just a few yards from her home, where they, of course, searched all week looking for her around the home and didn't find her, and then all of a sudden on the weekend find her. sexually molested, then killed. These are evil cults at work, and there are fall guys that are taking the fall, being arrested for the job. It's happening every weekend. They are rising up and no longer make any secret of what they're doing. The first warning of danger to the church was given by Clement the Twelfth in the year 1738. A long time ago, huh? And his views were confirmed by Benedict the Fourteenth. And Pope Pius VII followed the same path. And Leo XII talked about Freemasonry entering the church. And in the same sense, Pius VIII Gregory the Sixteenth and Pius the Ninth all talked about it. Pope, from the Greek word papas, a child's word for father. Father, the meaning of a father, a trusted male who provides for those in his charge and trains them in a manner which corrects and molds character. Did Pope John Paul II do that? to all of the pedophiles that were in all of his churches. I don't know one that was defrocked, do you? 642 Toronto, this is a view from space. It's a story. Hey, Mr. He goes deeper into today's headlines than anyone else dares to go. But can you take it? This is A View from Space with the Spaceman on 640 Toronto. I'm the Spaceman at 640 on 
Toronto, if you're listening on uh, radio, if you are at home, on your computer, and logged on to 640toronto.com, I, uh, I welcome you. And also, if you're look, listening on Star Choice, I welcome you also. I'm talking about Freemasonry and the inroads that they've made through the years, actually through the centuries now, at the Vatican. And it may now be time for a Freemason Pope to be firmly put in place. Maybe next week, as they start on Monday, a 13, by the way, April, the fourth month, eight and one is the date, 18. Eight and one are nine. And four are thirteen. Number thirteen is all over John Paul II's last moments, last weeks, and his whole papacy. The day he died, a thirteen. The time he died, Vatican announced it as 2137. Another 13. They call him the People's Pope and want to hurry up sainthood. Rather than waiting the mandatory five years and then maybe a decade of research, they want to waive all of that. If they want to make him a saint, that must mean that he has done the bidding of the masters. You know John Kerry, the guy who ran against George W. for the presidency, is actually an automatically excommunicated Catholic. Why? Because he supports abortion, which is against Roman Catholic law. He's also a Catholic. At the moment, Senator Ted Kennedy is an automatically excommunicated Catholic. If President Bush was a member of the Catholic Church, he would be under the ban as well, being automatically excommunicated, because he belongs to a secret society, the Skull and Bones Society at Yale University. It's against Roman Catholic law. Canon Law 1374, there's that 13 again. That was established in 1983. They changed it from Freemasonry, from just Freemasonry, to belonging to a secret society. Pope John Paul II also would have been legally under sentence of automatic excommunication for failure to remove Cardinal Bernard Law and others who have knowingly given Holy community, uh, Communion to automatically excommunicated Catholics, like Senator Ted Kennedy. So Pope John Paul II would actually be excommunicated because he failed to remove Cardinal Bernard Law. 
After all, he gave, which is against canon law, communion to Ted Kennedy. Also, Father McElbain, who desecrated the most holy Eucharist by giving Jesus to perverted pro-abortion President Bill Clinton in Soweto, South Africa, March 29, 1988. Code of Canon Law, 13, again, 67, another 13. Or take your pick of 1 Corinthians 11, 26 through 28. He is also under automatic excommunication for heresy against a non-diminishable command of God. And remember, Cardinal Law is the guy that they bought and put into a place of honor at the Vatican last week, conducting the Mass at one of the most prestigious churches on the Vatican grounds. Meanwhile, Bill Clinton... In high school, he was president of the Masonic Youth Group, De Malay, and in 88 was inducted into the International De Malay Hall of Fame. Pope John Paul II had an audience with him. I'm going to get to more of that in a moment. On a view from space on 640 Toronto. Nothing regarding the display of nudity throughout the Vatican either. And even allows the nudity of the Sistine Chapel to be restored to its hedonistic glory by Japanese philanthropists. And while it was being done, they photographed it in detail both before and after the restoration. One of the paintings on the Sistine Chapel ceiling has, uh, this is commissioned by Pope John Paul II, had Adam and Eve depicted in the Garden of Eden with Satan hanging out of a tree. And on very close inspection to Satan's chest in the painting, painted by the Jas Japanese philanthropists. You'll notice that one of his breasts is that of a woman. And he has further given approval to at least partial nudity when he allowed a topless woman in Papua New Guinea on May 8, 1985 to read one of the epistles during his papal mass. She read from a position in front of him and slightly to his right. He expressed no opposition and gave his tacit approval for topless women to read at Mass throughout the world. I mean, when you're in that position of power, you have to watch what you do.
I want to get to more of the Sistine Chapel. It's one of the most enduring scandals in the history of the Roman Catholic Church. You know that. Depicting nudity in the Vatican. Oh, and it's just art, I know. It's like pedophilia. I know, some of it's just art. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. They're, 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 they're bending the rules again a little bit. And hey, we can't help it because those are the laws. So There is some aesthetic, artistic merit to pedophilia, I guess. which has been rampant in the Catholic Church under the reign of John Paul II. And no one has been defrocked. You have to wonder what's going on. Is he really the people's pope? Was he really? Was he not following the masters instead of God? In a moment, I want to get to that presidential meeting with Bill Clinton. A private audience, no less. It's coming up on A View from Space on 640 Toronto. If you've got any comments, it's 416-870-6400. Star 640 on your cell. Emails at spaceman at 640toronto.com or just simply space at 640toronto.com. Spaceman at 640 Toronto. This is a view from space. I was talking about um, Pope John Paul II and uh, his private audience with uh, Bill Clinton in the Vatican of uh, June 2nd of 1994. A man known as being solidly pro-abortion, pro-sodomy, and just a generally all-around perverted guy. Clinton studied at the Catholic Georgetown University, directed by Jesuits, and uh, won a Rhodes Scholarship. That's a Masonic Scholarship, by the way. Spending a couple of years at Oxford University in England. See, Bill Clinton is a bastard child of the uh, Rockefellers. That's his in. Yeah. Whatever you read about Bill Clinton's dad dying before he was four years of age, that's yeah, a lie. Yeah, Bill Clinton was a bastard child of one of the Rockefellers. They'll do that. They'll hide their lineage in another name. And then, of course, they'll give them all the necessary tools and education and scholarships and diplomas that they'll need to take the highest jobs and then place them in them. That's how it works. And if you think you can actually rise up from nowhere, the poor, and start a road to the very top job, you're wrong. It's never going to happen. 
It's never happened. If it looks like it did, he was a bastard child of one of the very potent bloodlines that are putting one of their children in power. To manipulate them, of course, that's the only reason. And then getting rid of them when they no longer are needed. After Bill Clinton returned to the States with his two years at Oxford University in England, he began studying law at Yale. By the way, that is the hotbed of Freemasonry that is the home of the highly secretive and restrictive Skull and Bones Society that desires to control the world. And both the former and current presidents, George Bush and George W., belong to the society. Yale is also uh, where he uh, met Hillary Rodham, who would later become his wife. In Soweto, South Africa, the non-Catholic Jesuit-trained, ignorance is not an excuse, President William Clinton received the most holy Eucharist. Reported by Dan Rather on Tuesday evening of CBS News, March 31, 1998, Clinton and his sodomite-loving spouse, Hillary Rodham, on Sunday, March 29, received Jesus at the hands of a sacrilegious priest, Father McElvain. This crime, if you're a Catholic church member, this is a crime. The desecration of the most holy Eucharist is so great that it carries the penalty of automatic excommunication. Yet this priest has not even been admonished for his crime, let alone his bishop for failure to discipline. Pope John Paul II could not have pretended that he didn't know of this event because it was an international news story involving the church that he's the head of, the Roman Catholic Church. Nineteen eighty three, Code of Canon Law, relating to Eucharist and automatic excommunication. Law number 915. Those upon whom the penalty of excommunication or interdict has been imposed or declared and others who obstinately persist in manifest grave sin are not to be admitted to Holy Communion. So there it is. But he gave him the communion anyway. But wouldn't you call Bill Clinton obstinately persistent in grave sin? Masonic influence is very great in the Roman Catholic Church. Just how widespread? Don't know yet. 
but many cardinals and many bishops are either Freemasons or in agreement with the principles of Freemasonry. And Pope John Paul II was no exception. He has accepted, for all intents and purposes, both non-Christian and non-Catholic Christian religious leaders as equals, according to the Masonic goal of a one-world order. That necessitates the development of a one-world religion. And the leader of such a one-world religion would of necessity have to be someone who accepts Masonic doctrines and authority. Spaceman, go ahead, Joe. Hello, Spaceman. Now, there's a famous nun, Mother Angelica, who said, He who tells you the truth loves you. He who does not tell you the truth loves only himself. Now, I want to get the truth tonight. And I'm telling you this. John, you have Adrian Clarkson, who is an Anglican, and she receives communion in a Catholic church. And who's letting her do that? It's none other than Cardinal Olet. And just like you have... That's the uh, Quebec Cardinal that's uh, like a long shot to, uh, to, to be Pope. Well, I hope he never gets to be Pope, because uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's wishy-washy. And, uh, you know, letting somebody... You said that's a crime, to let somebody uh, uh, who is not a Catholic receive communion, and I agree with you. Uh, but he's letting her do it. And why is he letting her do it? He should stand up for uh, Catholic principles, Catholic canon law, but he's not. And uh, I'll tell you another thing. The Pope, John Paul, was one of the greatest popes there ever was, but he faced rebellious, rebellious North American bishops. That's why he had a big problem in the American church. And Joe, help me out. Help, today. Okay, Joe, help me out on this one, because I'm wondering this. Why, with all the pedophilia that went down on his watch, that not one, not one bishop was defrocked. Well, I'll tell you, it, it, here's the problem in, in the Vatican. Seventy percent of the clergy in the Vatican are Freemasons. Ninety-five percent of the civilian staff uh, that are in the Vatican are also Freemasons. That's not where it stands now, and that's where it stood when John Paul passed away. And back in 1994, when they said he fell in the bathtub, that wasn't true at all. He was pushed down the stairs. John Paul was a virtual pr prisoner in his, in his own Vatican, and he couldn't do whatever he wanted. He had, to, uh, he had to toe the line, so to speak, but he wasn't afraid of them, because even though he suffered a great deal, he, he tried his best to do all he could to save the... The, the Catholic dogma. And, then, okay. and that's why I appraise him, and that's why a lot of people say, say this Pope was unbending. He was, because he... Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, obstacles. all right, answer me this next one, Joe. I, I have a problem with this one, too. He was the very first Pope ever to set foot in a mosque and a synagogue. Now, why... And I have more to say on the synagogue, too, because this is the, this is the Talmudic Pharisees that he went to see. He knocked upon their door and walked in. 
no. Well, no, 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 no. That, that is correct, sir. He did. Uh, wait a minute. Let me explain. Uh, Pope John Paul wanted to build ties not only with the Muslims, but with, with the Jewish people and with Protestants. Why? Did he want to convert them to Catholicism? No. Well, then uh, why? He wanted, he wanted to build uh, a, a unity world in the religion. But, 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 but what? But here's why, here's why he was reaching out to them. Because he wanted, he, I mean, he was, for, he was for genuine ecumenism, not this false ecumenism that is being preached by the uh, uh, New Age religion, which, which says all religions are equal. He wanted the, um, them, all the other religions. Remember, Protestant came, came is an offshoot of Catholicism. And so, uh, and, 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 and the Jewish people were, uh, are, are, were, they were the chosen people. So they really have a legitimacy, only they've fallen away because they refuse to accept Jesus Christ as the true Messiah. Yeah, well, that's, but, what, it, that's but, what it all comes down to, doesn't it? But wait a minute, there are Jews that do accept the, Jesus Christ as the true, true Messiah. And well, I mean, well, there are people who worship him but don't know his name. I will grant you that. It's 640 Toronto, Spaceman, on a view from space. Back with more in a moment. He goes deeper into today's headlines than anyone else dares to go. But can you take it? This is A View from Space with the Spaceman on 640 Toronto. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me. Breasts. Speaking words of wisdom, let it be. I just mentioned that one of the paintings in the Sistine Chapel roof that was commissioned by Pope John Paul II, the late Pope John Paul II, that Satan was depicted as having a female breast, which prompts this email from Christina. If you'd like to email, by the way, it's space at 640toronto.com if you have a comment that you don't want to be on the telephone, or spaceman at 640toronto.com. Christina writes, Space, I have to point out that the breast has not always had sexual connotations. It is primarily a nourishing function. It is only in recent times in our culture that the breast has been seen primarily sexualized. In other cultures, such as Papua, amongst others, the breast is not sexual. Leonardo da Vinci depicts the Holy Mother and Child as a nursing infant, a very normal occurrence in Europe in Leonardo's time. Signed, Christina. Might have missed my point, Christina. I said that Satan was depicted in the tree, hanging out of it, looking at Adam and Eve. And one of Satan's breasts was a woman's breast. And you see, Luciferians believe that their god, Lucifer, is a hermaphrodite, meaning both sexes, male and female. 
and of course in the Sistine Chapel depiction on the roof as de- as commissioned by Pope John Paul II and it covered over another painting it was Satan as a hermaphrodite Thirteen again. Sixty-four. Heresy. Rejection of a formal church teaching is heresy. This would include opposition to any doctrine of God or his church as found in sacred scripture from Genesis to Revelations and to all universal doctrinal teachings on faith and morals. Which was broken by Bill Clinton, who eventually gets a private meeting with the now deceased Pope John Paul II. So the conclusion that I've reached concerning these events of the Holy Eucharist and the and the heresy is that it was a part of a Masonic pre-developed plan to discredit the Catholic, Catholic doctrine of the Holy Eucharist, for one, and they've succeeded in doing this. Because right now, only about 30% of Catholics actually believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. While it's always been a part of the Catholic tradition, it was reinforced and set firmly as law of the Church in the 13th session of the Council of Trent in reaction to positions taken by heretical protesting reformers. Another uh, case in point about Pope John Paul II he allowed a priestess of Shiva to create a traditional Shiva mark on his forehead. This is the head of the Roman Catholic Church accepting a pagan mark from Shiva, a pagan god of India. She is part of the Hindu trinity of Brahma, creator, Vishnu, preserver, and Shiva, destroyer. Shiva's reputation is well known and sinister. I don't know if you've researched Shiva, the destroyer, but... The Pope apparently sees nothing wrong with accepting a mark in association with the dark Hindu god of destruction. Explain that one away. Someone, please. Here it becomes important to develop the concepts of legal and moral holding of the office of the papacy. Hmm? Legal has to do with public presentation and acts of legal effect in society and in the church that are not in opposition to formal church teachings. 
Pope John Paul II became the first pope in history to enter the den of the Talmudic Pharisees. My caller Joe, just earlier, here on 640 Toronto on a view from space, explaining that away. But the fact remains, many, if not most Jews, who practice a system of faith at some level accept the teachings of the Talmud. A collection of oral Jewish tradition, while at the same time rejecting all important teachings of the Torah. Pope John Paul II was shown in picture conferring with the chief rabbi of Rome inside that city's accursed, for failure to accept their own scriptures, teachings concerning the Messiah, synagogue. Remember, the Pharisees were the ones that cried out, Take him away! Take him away! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests of the Pharisees answered, We have no king but Caesar. John 19, 15. Orthodox Judaism states the Talmud as its supreme guide. The Talmud states that Jesus Christ was a sorcerer and the son of a whore named Miriam the hairdresser. The Talmud says Christ is in hell being spoiled, I'm sorry, being boiled in hot excrement. The Talmud gloats over Christ's crucifixion and early death. But this Pope went into their temple and thereby endorsed their, endorsed their belief. Did he not? Or was he just trying to make friends? Well, then he didn't have to do it in front of cameras and go into their building. Am I wrong here? Am I missing something here? Or is he indeed bowing to his masters and forming the one world religion? The next pope will tell us, won't it? Where this is leading to. The Last Supper of Jesus before mortal death was the last supper of his associations with and his attachment to Judaism. Because this supper completed the full circle of the descendants of Jacob, Israel, being set free, visualized in the first Passover supper in Egypt, from slavery to the return to slavery symbolized in Jesus' Last Supper. The Passover protection nullifying meal before this death on Calvary that established the new covenant with people of all faiths, of all races. Here I'm back in a moment on 640 Toronto on Space. Now 
Welcome to Gotta Call Space on 640 Toronto. This is a view from space. I was just talking about the Last Supper of Jesus before mortal death. It was the Last Supper of his association with his attachment to Judaism. People of faith are brought into heaven following bodily death, right? When they've reached the necessary state of perfection required for entry. And Jesus was a true descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who was called Israel. He practiced the faith established by his father that was given through Moses. Jesus was a true Hebrew. He worshipped at the temple of Jerusalem. But it can't be said that he thought of himself as a Jew from John 13 on. There's that 13 again. It is certain that Jesus died a Christian. He was a prototype Christian. He did not die a Jew. And that is what the Catholic religion is supposed to tell the world and their followers. This is all part of the goal of the Illuminati for a one-world religion and a one-world government, all under their control and their associated organizations. Council on Foreign Relations, the American branch of the society organized in England called the Royal Institute of International Affairs. that has a part of its focus obliterating national boundaries to form a one-world government. And they're doing it through their use of their members of their secret societies. I got an email the other day about someone asking me about the borders, they're making it tougher getting across the American border now. It seems uh, soon in the not-too-distant future there will be passports having to be shown by Canadians to the American authorities to get across the border. And the question was, why would they be doing that if they wanted to make a one-world government? Well, first of all, they have to show the system that you have now does not work. So it must be changed. Changed to what? Changed to the New World Order system, of course. And that's the bottom line in that one. I couldn't believe that George Bush said he read it in a newspaper about the use of passports across the border. I just couldn't believe that outright blatant lie that that's where he got it from. And I think his quote was something like, I, uh, I, I wondered what was going on here. Right. By the way, the border is going to be closed and closed tightly because I brought this up before on 640 Toronto on a view from space that the draft is coming and they will have to lock that border to stop the draft dodgers from a running. Did you see a headline the other day that the Canadian Armed Forces are going to step up their recruitment and are going after 
minority groups. Yeah. Figure that one out. And you know what they're saying. There's been a lot of people that have come over to Canada from the Far East. And they're going to step up their recruitment of those people. Believe it. Pretty soon we'll be seeing commercials for the Canadian military with Mulroney's, Brian Mulroney's kid. What's the guy's name? Ben. Ben Mulroney doing commercials for the armed forces and how much fun it is and how cool it is to be in the army. Hey, forget about Canadian Idol. It'd be the Canadian Idol in the army. So in researching Freemasonry as much as I do, with its related organizations and its offshoots and their membership, it's become increasingly apparent that many cardinals and bishops are members of the Illuminati and associated organizations. Masonic cardinals were key in the election of John Paul II, which, by the way, took eight ballots, two and a half days. These cardinals had mostly been installed by Paul VI and by Pope John XXIII, who's now spot Pope John Paul II has been moved to. His body lies where Pope John XXIII's body was. And the reason they said they moved John the Twenty Third's body upstairs is because there were so many uh, people that were wanting to see John the Twenty Third's tomb that it was too crowded. Well, what about why would you put Pope John Paul II, the People's Pope, there then? It's going to be way too crowded for the people coming to see him. So I don't get that either. But at any rate, whatever their method of madness was, John the Twenty-Thirds moved upstairs, and John Paul II has his spot down in the grotto, downstairs. Anyway, it's probable that Freemasonry's involvement dates at least as far back as Pius Twelfth and possibly even as far back as Pius IX, or even before. The well-defined master plan of the Illuminati, Freemason, and others is founded on long-established goals with planning taking place over a hundred or more years. And while the Freemasons have a public presence, it serves 
basically just for recruitment, financial support, local control. Members in the lower ranks are a little more in pawns in the master plan. Those in the highest ranks are the ones aware of the long-term international strategies, if you know what I mean. And the most destructive are the high-order members that have involvement with the Illuminati and are not publicly known. They are secret agents. And the probability that Pope John Paul II did not have some involvement with this group is slim. Well, practically speaking, I would say none. Karol Wojtyla is being condemned by his own actions and maybe more so by his inaction. And this condemnation is because of his failure to practice the corporal works of mercy that deal with the human condition of man. And how much greater the condemnation must be for those who fail to practice the spiritual works of mercy when it's a commitment of the office. Attempts at taking apart the church, deconstructing the church, have taken place at least in part by John Paul II's numerous deceptions. A tactic, by the way, professionally used by Lucifer in the Garden of Eden that leads Catholic the Catholic faithful to believe that he's a man of faith and by teaching some truths of faith while at the same time, through his actions and really his inactions, demonstrated that they need not be put in practice. In other words, he talks the big talk to those who want to hear it, leading them to believe that he wants the good, while at the same time his statements aggravate you. And for a while, those who do not want to believe in the teachings of the church. And in the long run, these are the ones who are satiated, as they can literally do whatever they want, regardless of people protesting about their actions. In other words, I'm talking here again about the pedophilia. What better way to break down or deconstruct a church than by teaching a watered-down version of the Catholic faith while at the same time doing nothing to demonstrate that even those teachings that you do profess have any real value? If you're going to talk the talk, you got to walk the walk, is all I'm saying. If you're the Pope, especially... In public, especially. Has John Paul II become another Judas? Has he sold Jesus out? Who can answer these questions? Jesus spoke the truth, taught the truth, even though he knew it would mean his death. 
Bishops don't do the same. They seem to be mostly pious hypocrites, Judaists, antichrists. There are many antichrists. There's not just one. There is one, the one, coming. Spaceman on 640 Toronto. It's a view from space. I'll check the phone see if there's someone who can answer. 416-870-6400. Got a cell? You're Catholic. You have an answer? Six, four, star 640. Programming the brainwashed simply by uncovering the truth. He's the spaceman with a view from space on 640 Toronto. Ground control to Major Tom. Take your protein pills and put your helmet on. Spaceman on 640 Toronto. It's a view from space. Emails at spaceman at 640toronto.com or space at 640toronto.com. This is from Boot Boy. I read an article and several others like it about two years ago. These articles all discuss the topic of the impact of Freemasonry on the history, future of the world. The articles were written by a collection of historians, journalists, and archivists. The theme that was shared by all the articles, essays, was that, by its very own nature, nature, masonry will bring out its own demise, or bring about its own demise by the very new world order that it is trying to create. By this statement, the authors of these articles meant that the goal of masonry, to create a world that rejects all forms of monotheism and conventional worship, will eventually and inevitably consume masonry. If this theory is true, do you think that the highest levels of command and control masonry are willing to sacrifice themselves for the greater good? I say they just want global domination and could care less what happens in the next world. They want the world and they want it now. The Merovingians want Jerusalem back. It's simple as that, going back to the Crusades. It's very simple. And throughout history, all recorded time, the trade routes have been what they were after. And now they have all the trade routes. So they have all the buildings. They have all the real estate. Almost. And they're coming after all the people. Spaceman on 640 Toronto, Louis, you're on. Hello. Yes, Space, it's a pleasure talking to you. Um, I just wanted to let you know that I've uh, been calling the Global Mail about uh, the uh, cover of the uh, of the, uh, the the cover, and there's a picture there of the uh, coffin of the uh, Pope. It was upside down. And, uh, showing the upside down cross. 
That's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, they uh, never returned my calls. I left at least 10 messages, and uh, nobody has got back to me. And they, you know, they asked me what it was all about, and I said, oh, yeah, it's about the cross being upside down, and they never, still never uh, called me back. Mm -hmm. right? Just figure you can uh, tell your uh, listeners out there. Well, did you know that um, the upside-down cross is a satanic uh, symbol? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. And I've been listening to you, and you know, I figure, let me uh, call them up and see what's up. But uh, it's funny that they never returned my call. Mm-hmm. So that's all I've got to say. Thank you. Thank you for the call, and uh, thank you for that. I did not realize that they uh, actually uh, showed the coffin upside-down, because I know uh, during the whole time that they were... Um, televising the goings-on from the Vatican that in fact the overhead camera was in fact showing the coffin upside down which was of course pointing right at the obelisk that's in the center square hi Randy spaceman 640 Toronto go ahead please hi how you doing pleasure hey. to get on mm-hmm uh, about your question, you know, I think you're being a little hard on the Pope, uh, you know. Uh, I think that uh, he was getting enveloped there by evil, but that's just my opinion. But uh, about, you know, about the things that he did. Did you say he was or was not I getting think enveloped? I he was, you know. He oh, he was. That the smoke was coming through the cracks in the walls. Hmm. But, uh, you know, what you're saying there, I think he he was following Jesus' example there, uh going amongst the tax collectors and, and the whores and the thieves, uh, you know. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. When when Christ was uh, amongst the uh, whores and the thieves, he wasn't selling his body uh, when he was with the whores. And when he was with the thieves, he wasn't stealing anything from people. Well, so what I'm saying too. was that, yeah, he was... He was talking to those people, but he wasn't doing what they were doing. Well, you have and to the look, pope, look and the, the pope, and the but and the pope allowed the Indian woman to put the mark of Shiva on his forehead. Why? I'm just I'm just wondering why to make her feel good. Well, I agree with you there. Why, why would that ha Why would that happen? He is the head of the Roman Catholic Church, the Christian Church. Why would he accept a pagan symbol with the photographers standing around so that it could be shown to the world? Why? I'm wondering. Well, you That's know all. why? That's all. You know why? No. But nobody's perfect, right? I think you've been a little hard on the guy anyway. No, I'm just saying that, uh, um, for instance, if... Um, if I was the chief of police, I certainly wouldn't be caught with, um, uh, uh, say, some my, uh, a set of burglary tools in, uh, in my car. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. Like, why, do, why even have them in your car? The hell with it. I wouldn't even have them in my car. Right? Yeah. Okay, so, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, that, that's all I'm saying. He is the Pope. He is representing a certain institution. Yeah. Uh, and so how can you possibly... Um, suspend that institution's beliefs for a moment to please one person. Well, please them in private then. I don't think he was just pleasing himself, though. Well, of course he was not. Yeah. He was probably doing the bidding of his masters, is what I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to get across. And, and, and the next pope. Anyway, God bless us all, Gary. It's been a blast. All right, man. Thanks. This is Spaceman on 640 Toronto. 
416-870-6400, star 640, if you can help me out. I'm in a bit of a quandary about, you know, some of the moves JP2 made. Can I get into one more? I have time. Um, matter of fact, let's take the commercial break, and then I want to get into the Sistine Chapel, which is the longest enduring scandal in the history of the church. So let me do that. Let me take a break first. Then I will come back, and, and, and I'll tackle this, and, and see if um, you can make any sense of this. It's the Spaceman on 640 Toronto Review from Space Back in I'm a guy called Space on 640 Toronto. This is a view from space. Pope John Paul II was responsible for promoting the longest, well, I should say for further promoting the longest enduring scandal in the history of the church. You know what it was? What it is? It's a scandal that came into existence during the early 16th century. And it presides over every papal election and is viewed by every visually perceptive tourist and visitor to the Sistine Chapel. Sistine Chapel, of course, by the way, is where the voting will commence this Monday. While using the right reason, it should be understood that the greater the degree of public bareness of any human form, nudity, or its portrayal, the greater is the degree of involvement by Satan. So if there's just a little public bareness, there's just a little involvement by Satan. If there's a lot, there's a lot of involvement. And sensual, and the Catholic Church has stated this, not me. Sensual stimulation of the imagination with a motive or profit or titillation in public by a person or any time by any form of media is also of Satan, Roman Catholic Church speaking. Okay? Now, through the repeated appeals of Pope Julius II, Michelangelo, the great artist, was persuaded to undertake the redecoration of the vaulted ceiling of where they vote the next pope, the Sistine Chapel, that had been painted to simulate a blue heaven studded with gold stars. The Neoplatonic element injected into the decoration of the ceiling is present in the restless ideal. Nude figures of youths seated on the pedestal, projections of illusionistic architectural framework on the scenes along the center of the ceiling. 
the Renaissance Neoplatonic period was actually very morally corrupt. Michelangelo was almost certainly a sodomite. He was a known homosexual, and later, during the pontificate of Pope Paul III, he painted his huge last judgment scene in 1548. This is the Roman Catholic Church saying that any degree of public bareness of any human form has a degree of involvement of Satan. Okay? So they go and hire a homosexual and probably a sodomite to paint the Sistine Chapel ceiling. And of course, this has sparked a lot of debate in the Roman Catholic Church, should this be allowed. This scene that Michelangelo did, The Last Judgment, replaced an assumption of the Virgin painting that had originally been painted on the altar wall, along with two other scenes. These wall decorations had been dedicated on the Feast of the Assumption, 1483 A.D. And it would seem that in the name of humanistic world solidarity, Pope John Paul II authorized the Japanese guys, essentially believers in a variant of paganism, to restore this nude, homosexually orientated art to its original sensuality. They photographed the art in complete detail, both before and after the work was done. And remember now, this is the Roman Catholic Church where homosexuality is outlawed. Sodomy is outlawed. Homosexual sodomy is again becoming accepted throughout the world. It is estimated that it's painted on the Sistine Chapel. Ceiling, where they're voting Monday for the new Pope. It's estimated that from 5 to 10% of the world's population now is homosexual. In Africa, the estimates are actually even higher. The greatest continuing and most prolific act of God is the creation of intelligent life. And to partic participate eternally, forever, in the life of God, we must be open to participating in His creative activity. Each according, of course, to their own calling. We must never act in opposition to creation. Catholic Church teaches this. Honor thy father and thy mother. The commandment with a promise. God is our true father. Non-procreative sexually stimulating activity between two beings equates to sodomy. In other words, not trying to have children, having sex, sodomy. Sodomy is the desire to use your sexual faculties for the purpose of sensual pleasure, while excluding the probability of natural procreation or having a baby. Sodomy is immoral activity according to 
the Catholic Church. It's a mortal sin, in fact. It can actually get you excommunicated by having sex for fun. Now, how many Catholics have been chucked out right now? How many we got left? Slowly being infiltrated. Oh, wait. I want to take this call. It's Jim. And the words that I have beside Jim's name is upside down, not satanic. That's all, okay? I swear to you. I bet he's going to bring up Stephen. Let me check. Jim, Spaceman, 640 Toronto. Hi. Hi, hi Spaceman. Uh, great show. No, I, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, uh, I heard you, you know, speaking about I caught, just caught your show just when you mentioned about the cross. Sure. But, um... But they had, uh, that wasn't one of the, uh, I'm not sure it was St. Peter, but it was the Romans crucified upside down. I forget the, what the reason was. And, and every now and then, even when the Pope was alive, when you saw him giving a speech, or that every now and then you saw a cross behind him sometimes was upside down. And, and, uh, and it was one of the few times the, the Romans had crucified But that him, is but a it, satanic symbol. Mm-hmm. The well, upside down cross is a satanic symbol, Jim. Well, maybe so. I just They're pulling the that. wool over your eyes. They're hoodwinking you one more time. It's the same thing with the hat, the mitre. Mm-hmm. It's the fish god hat. Dogon was the very first Merovingian king to walk out and call himself God out of the water. He was half God, half fish. Mm-hmm. That's why they wear the mitre. It's a fish-shaped hat, is it not, sir? Well, I can't uh, argue with that. Well, no, you can't. Of course not, because it's historically a fact. So, you see, there are so many... And symbols tell the tale, don't they? Really. They really tell the tale. Right? So, if it walks like a duck, if it quacks, it's... Well, chances are it's a duck. Hmm? That's, well, that, that, that's, all, that's all I'm saying. And I'm sure that Pope John Paul II did not say, when you guys shoot the coffin in the middle of the Vatican with me lying in it, please shoot the thing upside down if you please. Not thinking he's going to say that in his will or anything else. Matter of fact, you know what? I don't even think they read his will. Probably well, I, the Jesuit General Kolvenbach, the black pope, got a hold of the will and went, hey guys, we're not even reading this. And let's tell the people what he didn't say. Well, for instance, all of the notes that he did throughout his uh, entire papacy, he, wa- he ordered burned. Why? Wouldn't you want everyone to know what you wrote down? Because, uh, you know, your, your, your views would be well known. And, and, of course, they would be good and Christian and, and, and upstanding and God, uh, uh, you know, fearing, right? But he wanted them burned. Why? Why would they want those burned? I don't get that. Well, there are a lot of things. Supposed to smash his ring, too, by the way. The ring of the papacy, of his papacy. He's supposed to smash that ring the day the Pope dies. They just smashed it today. It was nine days after. I don't get that either. 
Spaceman on 640 Toronto. It's a view from space back with more in the morning. The ancient mystery religions, numerology, and the Holy Grail decoded. And he goes deeper than a black hole into today's headlines. This is a view from space with the Spaceman. Your city, your station, 640 Toronto. Spaceman on 640 Toronto on a view from space. Uh, did you know you're right? St. Peter was crucified upside down. My lines are full. I should... I should jump on John's call. Hi, John. 640 Toronto. You're on a view from space. How you doing, space? Hello? Yes. Uh, uh, I just want to say about the Catholic Church. Like, I'm not a Catholic. I, would, I did marry a Catholic, so it kind of makes me anomaly a Catholic. Is she a practicing Catholic? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Devout, devout Catholic. But if we're talking about an organization... So I guess you don't have any... Uh, please forgive me, first of all, for butting in, and second, for asking this. Uh, then you don't use condoms. No, we don't. Okay. We never have. Okay. Uh, but we're talking about an organization. That may change with the next poll. What do you think? Uh, I think it, it would be about time. Yeah, okay. Um, now I could listen to your story. Go ahead. Okay. I'm just saying that we're dealing with an organization that's been a little too resistant to change for its own good. You know, like they just recently forgave Galileo, and grudgingly, I might add. You know, yeah, 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 sort of, uh, yeah, science and, uh, and... They're not and compatible, but they should try to uh, keep up with it. You know, like, uh, it took them 400 years or so? Yes, well, uh, now you're talking about the infallibility of the church now. They have to come across as the one who knows all. Yeah, and... Mm-hmm. And, the, and they invoke part. the Bible, right? Right. To you say know, that. Like they, they, they talk a good talk, but they don't practice a good talk. And all the, the stuff about uh, loving thy brother and thy neighbor, and yeah. murder, you know, thou shalt not kill. How many wars in history have been fought for the Catholic Church? Well, look out now, because you could fall into the trap the Illuminati are setting. Yeah. And the Illuminati set really. this trap, that like they're the... going to turn on everyone of the monotheistic religions, Catholics uh, included, Christian the Jew and Islam and say the monotheistic religions have been the root of all the problems and we'll solve them once we get rid of those three. And that's where we're headed. But it's not them at all. It's the ones that are putting one against the other that pit one against the other. And I call them the Illuminati. Go ahead. I'm new on the uh, Illuminati theory. Okay, that's the elitist uh, group uh, banking cabal. They own all the corporations, the controlling uh, interest in all of the... Pardon? Controlling the world through the economics. Through economics and through uh, also through literature, through teaching, education. I see. Through government. I see. Because uh, you you realize... I I, I opened the show uh, tonight on 640 Toronto by saying, I don't want the wealthy in government positions anymore. I want people in power who are going to be good role models for my kids. Indeed. And I don't know any rich people that are good role models. You got it. You hit it right on the Sorry, but I just don't. And, and I guess money goes in hand with, uh, with corruption. Because that's all I see. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. 
This is what our society promotes. These are our role models. Well, right, exactly. So it's not really God are. that we're setting up as, as our God. We're setting up Ishtar. Ishtar is the, uh, is the mother of all harlots that ran ancient Sumeria. Uh, she lived in, she had a temple called the White House. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It was called the White House. Interesting. Yeah. And, of course, uh, she had sex with the king once a year. And if she pleased him, he got to be king for the year again. And if she didn't like it, she got someone else, and he was, of course, killed. But back on the Catholic Church... And, and sex, was, uh, sex was a, uh, a religion. I and, believe and, it. And, and she called men from all nations, Ishtar did, to come to ancient Samaria and live the life of freedom where sex was free and a healing. And that's where we're headed now, legalizing a prostitution and all. I think it might solve some social problems, but create some new ones on its own. Big time. But that's all I really got to say. Thanks a lot. All right, man. Have a good night. It's a spaceman on 640 Toronto. It's a view from space. Go ahead, Toby. All right. Very interesting looking line here. Mason's in control of medical system. You're not kidding. No, I'm not. Pharmaceuticals. Oh, Put yeah. that on the top. Well, putting that on the top, I was uh, considering I was two and a half hours away from being uh, put six feet under myself. And um, luckily, uh, a nurse saving my life, uh, wanting a full report from the doctor what uh, had happened. It was uh, from one open brain surgery to two and a half hours later, where they cracked me open again to... Uh, just supposedly uh, a broken blood vessel. Mm -hmm. Now, just wondering <clears throat> if there was uh, if there was any popular names under our medical system that uh, would be considered uh, the free uh, Freemasonry. Your question is a little more plainly, clearly. Um, or if uh, you yourself. Uh, know of any popular, I mean, you had a long list there, but um, knowing any popular uh, names that are in our medical system. Oh, you mean uh, Freemasons that are uh, doctors? Yes. Uh, offhand, I don't have the medical list with me tonight. All right. But uh, there is a list of uh, medical doctors, yes, that, are, uh, that belong to Freemasonry. Oh. Sure. All right. But it's the pharmaceutical companies that uh, are really at the top of it all. I mean... Oh, that I can, uh, I can agree with you there. Uh, and billions of dollars uh, um, in, the, uh, in the economy of uh, North America also. And you'll notice that uh, they're all still making money, and yet uh, they're all having uh, drugs in their pipeline um, I can, uh, uh, um, made illegal, taken off the market. I can definitely agree with you there, because uh, me uh, having epilepsy... And uh, realizing that the only medication that works for me is our favorite green marijuana, which is why uh, they, well, I mean, this can be a whole topic within itself. But, uh, That's very interesting. I've never heard of that to uh, treat epilepsy. Oh, it definitely does. The more research I've done on um, and how it's finally stopped my seizures. I it have, has stopped your seizures. It's whenever I feel one coming on, I... Uh, like what does it feel like when one comes on? 
the auras. What happens to you? Um, the auras can be, uh, they can range. They're different. Uh, you can have physical uh, sensations of uh, a foot falling asleep, mm-hmm. having that tingling uh, sensation running up your body, only one side of your body, or um, just having uh, different auras of uh, deja vu or uh, be it right. Uh, I mean, the list can go on there with uh, with auras. But whenever auras I, meaning uh, the, uh, the beginning stages the, of a seizure. All right. And once uh, once finally feeling that aura, how I just light up and it, it goes stops, It stops the seizure in a matter of seconds. Why do you think it does that? Why? For uh, relaxation or? Well, I um, relaxation. Uh, if I uh, if I wanted to get into more detail, uh, knowing how there's a certain chemical in our um, in our brain that is the exact component of marijuana itself, and that is the uh, cannabinoid uh, receptor. And cannabis is the only uh, chemical that matches that chemical in our brain 100%. And so something you're lacking, the smoke gives you back. <coughs> Excuse me. Yes, that's, uh, that is correct. And knowing that uh, pharmaceuticals, I've already tried to duplicate the THC. Oh, forget it. I already know about pharmaceuticals. It's just <laughs> incredible. I mean, you're taking a, you, you start popping their pills. Their, 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 uh, that's where I'm starting to get and, and you get four or five uh, different problems coming right back at you. Oh, definitely. Definitely so. And that is why I'm just hoping to, uh, you know, hoping that this marijuana comes legal uh, in the next five years. I mean, um, knowing that I've been arrested for possession and knowing that the police officers had put me in cuffs before I even woke up from a seizure, emptied wow. my pockets. You had that much on you? Because they don't bust anybody for, uh, you know... They, their excuse was uh, because of a, uh, a tincture that uh, I had on me. Mm-hmm. The drop bottle, the, a different form of um, t- uh, taking the seizures away. Mm-hmm. The combination of alcohol and marijuana. Because I can't light up in a public place. Right. Um, I have to exit my, uh, my bus, my subway, mm-hmm. and smoke it somewhere there, but by that time I never catch the seizure in time and I end up having it. Thanks for the call, Tony. Toby, and uh, right. enlightening us on uh, what uh, epilepsy really is. 640 Toronto. I'm a spaceman. And It's the Spaceman on a view from space. This is 640 Toronto. Thanks for the email, Michael. Says, just took a look at it on the net. Another subject line was Sistine Chapel ceiling art. It's disturbing. There's even one image of an old man riding on a cloud with cupids in behind. I suppose that's God. What is disgusting is that on the same frame, it looks like the same man flying bent over with the robe covering everything except his naked buttocks. How can anyone do that and call it art? 
Furthermore, the second commandment says not to make any likeness that would include icons and paintings, I expect. But if you have um, an opportunity to Google Sistine Chapel pics, it'll blow you away. And the big one was commissioned, as I have been telling you, by, it's called The Last Judgment, by the late Pope John Paul II. And it's very erotic, to say the least. And he got two Japanese philanthropists, who of course were not Christian at all, but were in fact a variant of a pagan religion to do the art. So you tell me, I just, I just don't get it all. Mason, you're on with the Spaceman at 640 Toronto. Go ahead, please. I submit to you that uh, I have uh, proof that the Illuminati infiltrated the Vatican uh, back in the late 1300s with a family called the Medici family. These, these, these satanic uh, pieces of art that are on the Sistine Chap Chapel, roof, dome, Michelangelo was adopted by this family when he was 11 years old. The money that came from this family was the roots, I believe, of the leftover money of the Crusades. The research into this family is only recently coming out, but for 300 years, they built and broke the institution of the Vatican. The Lutheran Revolution and the burning of the Vatican was a protest against this family. I also uh, uh, did a little bit of research, Gary, and I find that uh, in the research that uh, into the early forms of uh, masonry and the uh, origination of the Illuminati was claimed to be in around 1800, and three groups of uh, powerful people being the Jesuit, uh, Adam Weishaupt, Otto van Bismarck, and Giuseppe Mazzini out of Italy, an Italian revolutionary who was also credited or discredited with, with, with the modern-day mafia, the origins of, of that institution, go back a lot farther. Because this family, the Medici family, were Italian also, mm -hmm. and they were out of the city of Florence, Italy, and responsible for not only bringing back and having the amount of money required to do this is quite phenomenal, to bring back society as we know it, from the Dark Ages into the Renaissance. For 300 years, they dominated Europe, dominated royal families, grew, 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 grew favors from royal families, were given this huge amount, amount of power. That could not, I submit to you, have happened without the approval of the people with the largest amount of monies who would have been connected to Freemasonry and to the royal families of Europe at the time. Mm -hmm. Now, these, these, this, this family put two cousins of the Medici family into the Vatican, and they became popes, Pope Leo, and I believe you mentioned one of them tonight, that commissioned Michelangelo, who was the second one. I think it was Julius, you said? Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah, and now, towards the end of his reign, he was murdered by the revolutionaries who were against this family out of Florence, Italy, the Medici's, because they broke the church, and they, they, they invented the the, the the plate of collection and and 
could not keep up with their expenditures. They ran this like governments are running countries. They ran it like it was like an open vault and they could just take uh, continuously write checks and not have to have any equity. This family is a, is a very interesting family, and this goes back so far. And these, this, this family is credited with modern-day banking, which also the Rothschild family was credited with, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if this money at that time, the dark ages, people only a few people had money. Most people were serfs, correct? Oh, for sure. So I'm thinking to myself, if this is 1379, when Camiso Medici was the grandfather of this family, and it was his his uh, his sons that came to power for 300 years. But this, I submit to you, is the infiltration of the Illuminati and the modern day mafia. P2, back in the in the dark ages, and as we yes, P2 is P2 is the uh, Italian Freemasonry branch. That's right, mm-hmm. and they are used for the most important contracts that are put out, important jobs in the world, and they're contracted out by many different people. Now, this this trial that's going on in complete secrecy, for anybody that's wondering how clean these institutions are, they're not very clean, as, as, as you've been pointing out in many of your shows, not, not just tonight. But this institution was asked to open up the archives into World War II research, and any information in their, in their archives that was available they were going to offer up to the people. People from around the world, PhDs, came to look into these archives. After two weeks of study and two weeks of investigation of the archives, and this was just in the uh, in the 90s under this present past Pope's uh, reign, but this was stopped after two weeks because uh, Pope John Paul shut it down. And one other thing, the trial of Robert Calvi, I had an update on that trial right now. Yeah, the uh, Vatican banker. Correct. It being, being uh, carried out, this, this trial, probably the most interesting trial that humanity has ever had in modern day, anyhow, is being carried out in Italy. No one really knows about it except for the people in, 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 in the judicial system in Italy and, and, of course, the people that are in the know. But they found some of the money. They suspect there was a billion dollars or more that was, that was laundered that was illicit money that was taken from some of these international organizations that wanted their money moved around. Now, this trial, they've also found that the secretary of the Pope's banker, Robert Calvi, who I'm speaking about... Found under Blackfriars Bridge. Right on. In a Freemason um, killing. I mean, it was ritualized. It was ritualized Mm -hmm. in the mid-'80s. He was hung and he 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 was given two bricks Right. Money pocket, mm-hmm. and then his secretary was thrown out of a ten-story floor building in Italy, and one of his assistants, who he used to uh, put that use uh, money and connected money to, was an art dealer, antique dealer, one of the wealthiest antique brokers in England. He was found with three bullets in his head as well. This was in within weeks after right. the murder of Robert Cal. But this is being done in complete secrecy, and the people should know that these institutions have joined forces since the 1300s in order to move money and to do each other favors. From the to very get to the place where they are now and maybe putting in their first 
the black pope. Flat out, yes, the black pope, the Freemason pope. Thanks so much to uh, close the uh, show, uh, Mason, with a great call like you did. Thank you. It's 640 Toronto. This has been A View From Space. Coast to Coast is next. I'm Space, I'm out. Today in our city, a child is running his fingers over the barrel of a gun he's found. And later, in a schoolyard, that same gun will go off. Should kids settle their own differences? Knowing more about Toronto. About our city. Be in the know. 640 Toronto. When my son started having behavior problems, the total transformation techniques were like the instruction manual on how to deal with him. We got immediate results. Ever wish your kid came with an instruction manual when he's disrespectful, defiant, or even abusive? Do you know how to fix it? I'm behavioral therapist James Lehman, and I'll show you how to change your child's behavior right now with the total transformation. The program that helps you fix every behavior problem under the sun. Defiance, backtalking, lying, acting out in school, even problems with ADD and ADHD. There's no screaming, no fighting, no frustration. The Total Transformation is the program I've used for over 30 years to solve even the worst behavior problems. Your child will listen to you again, and you'll get peace and sanity back into your home. I guarantee it. Call now and get How to Turn Your Child's Attitude Around in One Minute or Less free with your order. 1-800-642-7414. 1-800-642-7414. Call now. 1-800-642-7414. 1-800-642-7414. Be in the know. Play the 640 Toronto Brain Game. Thursdays at 7 in pubs and restaurants throughout Toronto. It's one full hour of Toronto trivia that includes a 30-minute leaps round. The NTN Brain Game. Thursdays at 7. To find an NTN location near you. Go to 640toronto.com. I want to get a mower so powerful it'll eat through anything. Except my budget. You can at the Home Depot. Starting April 14th for four days only, get a $200 Home Depot gift card with the purchase of a John Deere tractor or a $75 gift card with any Toro lawnmower. Powerfully good deals. Only at the Home Depot. You can do it. We can help. Offer valid through 41705 in Canada only by mail-in rebate. Not valid with any other offer. See store for details. As the roads thaw, it's time to start thinking about spring maintenance for your GM vehicle. Think about our simplified maintenance service schedule. It's just what your vehicle needs to keep it performing at 110%. No one does it better than we do. Starting from just $49.95, our simplified maintenance service is competitively priced. Includes a thorough inspection of all major components, tire rotation, and our GM expertise. GM Good Ranch Service, right on time. See stores for details. From the 640 Toronto 24-Hour News Center, here's what Toronto is talking about. A young man faces dozens of charges in connection with a string of sexual assaults in Mississauga and suspects at large after a daylight stabbing in Toronto. It's 12 degrees at 1 o'clock. Expect a low of 7. Good morning. I'm Catherine Jette. Peel police think they've arrested the man responsible for a string of sex assaults in the Dundas and Dixie area. 640 Toronto's Shauna Hunt has more. A tip from a teacher at an elementary school in Mississauga led to the arrest of 20-year-old Hernan Aguirre. I'm sure when this individual was, was seen in the school, the red flags went up. 
up. Sergeant Todd Moore says they received a call after a man was found lurking in the school stairwell. Aguirre is now facing 31 sex-related charges, including 15 separate counts of sexual assault. Fifteen women ranging in age from 9 to 53 have been attacked in the past five months. The latest happened just last week when a 21-year-old woman was grabbed and assaulted while leaving a restaurant on Dundas in here, Ontario. Shauna Hunt, 640 Toronto News. And up to five suspects are wanted by Toronto police after a knife attack in the Young and Girard area. 640 Toronto's Ashley Murphy. Toronto cops say one man was stabbed in the head just before noon Saturday as he stood on the sidewalk. He's recovering in hospital from non-life-threatening injuries and is expected to be all right, but police say he's not being very cooperative with officers. Five men in their late teens or early 20s were reportedly seen heading toward the subway after the stabbing. Police are asking any witnesses to call 52 Division or Crime Stoppers. Ashling Murphy, 640 Toronto News. 640 Toronto Sports. The Baby Leafs slammed Edmonton 4-1 in the AHL. 640 Toronto Weather. Tonight's low goes down to 7. We'll get a mix of sun and clouds today. High of 22. It's 12 degrees at the corner of Young and Dundas at 102. I'm Catherine Jete with Toronto's in-depth news every 30 minutes and breaking news as it happens. Hello, this is Joel Matlin, president of Alarm Forest. The warmer weather is here, and you'll be leaving your home to spend more time outside and away. Isn't it time you called Alarm Force for your free home alarm installation? Insurance companies have proven that you are less likely to have a break-in when you have an Alarm Force home alarm. In fact, most insurance companies will reduce your insurance premium when an Alarm Force system is installed. Attention! This is the Alarm Force Central Station. Identify yourself immediately. It's easy to see why Alarm Force is Canada's favorite company for two-way voice home alarms. When you call Alarm Force, you'll be amazed to discover that this level of two-way voice home alarm is free. The only thing you'll ever have to pay is $25 a month to cover the monitoring. Call Alarm Force at 1-800-267-2001. Call 1-800-267-2001. 1-800-267-2001. Alarm Force. Alarm Force is listed on the TSA.